Hello and welcome to another episode of Joe Blogs About Films. As I usually say, if you've checked out the podcast before, if you've listened to any of the previous episodes, it's greatly appreciated. Thank you, as always. And if you've shared the podcast and passed it along, again, thank you ever so much. The podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify and Google Podcasts, as well as rss.com. So if you've checked out any of the, uh, yeah, if you've checked it out on any of those platforms, Again, thank you. Uh, here on episode 34, though, we are going to be talking about the brand new Edgar Wright film uh, that I have been very much looking forward to seeing, entitled Last Night in Soho. This is something so different to what we were expecting, or, or rather would expect, from an Edgar Wright film, uh, and it's got an absolute amazing cast, obviously pushing upon into the horror themes as well, which, like I've just previously mentioned there, something that is new for Edgar Wright, and I was very much looking forward to seeing uh, how he would how he would tackle it, really. Um, so I'm just going to give you the synopsis of the film. Eloise moves from Cornwall to the capital to study at the London School of Fashion. Upon arriving, she begins to have nighttime visions of Sandy, a wannabe starlet in the 1960s whose dreams of breaking big lead her down a dark and violent path. Um, if you've seen the trailers for this film, then you, as, as much as I will know, that there's very little that was given away about this. Like, I literally had really no idea what to expect from this film, uh, other than obviously knowing that it was going to be an Edgar Wright-directed film and that got an amazing cast in there, and it was going to be a, a like a horror-thriller film. And for, for, for just straight off the bat, really, I, I just got to say that they've absolutely struck gold with the with the leads in this. Like, it's such a fantastic... Such fantastic performances, so from both Anya Taylor Joy and uh, Thomasin McKenzie, who obviously gets more of the screen screen time out of the two because well, she's the main character. Um, but Thomasin McKenzie, I was like scratching my head when I was watching her performance, and I was like, I don't know where I've seen her before, like what I've seen her in before. Turns out it was M Night Shyamalan's Old. Uh, that's where I was most you know familiar and recognized recognized her from, uh, which is a shame because that film was pretty abysmal. Um, and it's kind of fun that Anya Taylor Joy as well has links to Shyamalan films as well. And and yeah, those two coming together, though, really is an absolute fantastic, fantastic performance. Um, but Thomas McKenzie, say, playing Eloise, this, you know, very quiet, shy almost person who is set to go to London and and, and explore and, and well, get, go from a small place, like, say, Cornwall, to the big city, you know, London, which can swallow people up in itself anyways. And I think it's almost like... You know, the innocence of, of Eloise's character, you know, she's this character that loves the 60s, you know, she's she's huge admiration, she she lives through the 60s through her, grand, uh, through her grandmother, having lost her, her mother at a young age, and I'm just going to go and say that I'm probably going to end up going down to spoil the territory with this, with this uh, review, not straight away, because I don't want to just go straight in and be like, surprise, here's the spoilers, <laughs> we're going to do like spoiler talk a little bit later on, um, because there's just so many twists and turns in this, like it leads you down so many paths. And credit to Edgar Wright and the rest of the team, in particular, said the uh, the, the writing done by Christy Wilson Cairns obviously co-wrote this alongside Edgar Wright, and you can just see, you know, her impact on it as well because there's social commentary in here as well but she's just an all-round brilliant writer uh, if you've seen 1917 she penned that obviously I think won awards for it maybe even an Oscar I think it was one of the Oscar or an Emmy one of the two anyways uh, but very very good writer and you can definitely feel that impact that she has and this obviously being the first female you know driven lead film that Edgar Wright's done I think it was pretty great as well to have Christy on board to to help you know with this film and they both have done tremendous tremendous work um but the performances like I say there from from Anya Taylor-Joy and Thomas and McKenzie really do stand out in this film as to Matt Smith always great seeing Matt Smith in uh, in in well any any production really say on the back of his his time his time and, and work with Doctor Who for me growing up that was a big I loved Doctor Who when I was 
very young. I was watching all like the reruns of the original Doctors and such, and then when it was brought back early 2000s, that was great, but I've kind of fell away from it. Anyways, by the by, enough Doctor Who talk. It's just great to have Matt Smith in. Uh, he plays the character Jack, and um, just, again, so many layers to his character. Like, you know, this this the thing is the innocence of Eloise's character. You know, she she loves the 60s so much, and yet she's then able, through some form of, like, visions or, or like psychic link transport herself back to the 60s as you've seen in the trailers you know when she goes to sleep she wakes up and she's essentially in sandy's body that's Anya taylor joy and she's experiencing everything that she probably wanted as, as a character to experience in the 60s you know she, she loves the 60s like the, the, there's a, a brilliant and classic edgar i um shot and 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 you know collaboration with the music aspect of the film as well where at the start of the film we were introduced to eloise and pretty much all we need to know about her is in this opening sequence of her just dancing around a room listening to music from the 60s she's got posters of Audrey Hepburn up and this that and the other you know posing like her and stuff like that it's all there right in front of us you know we, we know pretty much this character is you know say a massive fan of the 60s and that's you know something that does go on through you know when she's doing the fashion side of things as well you know she's still really really connected to that 60s and and even more so when she does start to become Sandy's character in this film, or at least when she's having those visions of being Sandy in the 60s. Um, so, yeah, we, we learn a lot straight away, and I, I loved that that opening sequence, and it was just like, you know when you sit down and watch a film and you get those classic directors' take shots or whatever, and you're like, oh, I just love this, you know, I love this these films, I love this filmmaker. And Edgar Wright is one of those filmmakers that has done tremendously well over his entire career, and I love what he does with music and film. Like, it's it's borderline musical sometimes i i'm i'm not the biggest musical fan but what edgar Wright does is kind of like reflects music in such a fantastic way say literally hand in hand i mean if you've seen baby driver you'll know exactly what i'm talking about with that because that film was was written around music everything every action set piece every this that, and the other even just dialogue was set around music in that film and it's always nice when edgar Wright does have that you know moment in 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 his films because essentially Baby Driver is like an over-exaggeration of what he does throughout his films anyways but you'll probably remember if he's working Shaun of the Dead where they're hitting one of the zombies with you know pool cues whilst Don't Stop Me Now is kicking off in the background by Queen and it's arguably one of the funniest and one of the best sequences in in film really it was it's it's just what he can do and what he you know he just nails it doesn't he let's be honest like edgar wright just nails it when it comes to stuff like that and there are those classic edgar wright shots in this film there are definitely those edgar wright shots you know when you know they might be doing like a wide shot and the camera's moving along and you'll see someone maybe standing there and then as a person cuts past the camera it you know zooms in closer and closer each frame to the you know to the person that we're focusing on you get those shots you even get like the close-up shots of maybe someone pulling a pint and that and the other but they're not it's like it's it's those classic edgar wright shots but at the same time they're new as well like it's almost because like i said this is uncharted territory for edgar wright to go down in such a thriller and horror um, yeah, like uh, genre. Sorry to go into this genre because we're so used to you know. Yeah, he's done he's done some horror elements before. Like Shaun of the Dead has got some moments that are a bit jumpy and stuff, you know. But nothing nothing like this. Uh, and obviously, been a massive fan of his work throughout his entire career. This for me is like, oh well, this is this is lovely. Like I'm all for it. Like I, I love it when directors take those like kind of creative decisions or creative risks as well. Uh, which has surprised me why this film's kind of been getting a little bit of not negative response, but definitely in respect of the ending of the film. I've seen a few articles saying that you know people weren't necessarily happy with the, with that side of it or at least you know i've seen an article where um christy wilson cairns has come out and defended the ending of the film uh which i don't really think there was much need to, to have to do that but we'll, we'll come to that say when we get to the spoiler talk because obviously i just want to kind of keep it as as, as generic well i say as generic as i can but just as as spoiler free as i possibly can with this film because you know 
I've already mentioned about the direction and, and, the, and the standout performances, say, from the two leads. Obviously, you put Matt Smith in there as well, and it's a real great recipe because... It's like I say, it's it's got so it's got a lot of social commentary in this film, which I'm gonna to come to a little bit more so when we go to the spoiler talk. Especially like when you've got Eloise who like like I mentioned at the start, you know, she's this innocent girl who's got this opportunity to go to the London fashion London School of Fashion, sorry. Um and you know, it, it's very easy for someone like Eloise's character to be like, you know, sucked into London and at least like well, eaten up and, and spat out almost. And it's and, and you can kind of see those like themes already kind of creeping in at the start of the film, you know, like we've already got um, you know, Eloise's uh, grandmother is a little bit, you know, like not worried about her, but you know the fact that like London is a big and scary place, and unfortunately, like there are people out there that will exploit and will take advantage, um, which is still goes on today in today, especially you know when you look at women in society as well and how things have happened, and especially when you go back to the sixties, which is pretty much in this film, you know, it's it's something that Eloise obviously, you know, we see that reflective side of. There's a scene where she's in a taxi and she's kind of been like creeped on pretty much by the taxi driver. Like it's pretty, it makes you do feel uneasy that some people that do just go out and think they can go and say things to women like this. Um, and you know that she, she, she obviously like kind of lives to be in a time when things maybe seem simple. Whereas when she's transported to the 60s, it's not really like that at all, is it? It's, you know, it's even, it's even worse in this case, um, which again, we'll talk a bit more about that when we come to the spoiler talk, but I want to just, you know, kind of cut back a second to some of like the shots and the sequences and in particular, like the use of mirrors in this film, which I think is just an absolute like French kiss because when, when she's transported to the sixties, Eloise and, and she becomes Sandy, you know, like Sandy will look in the mirror and you'll see Eloise looking back, Thomas and Mackenzie's, you know, looking back and such and how that kind of escalates throughout, like the, like I said, this use of mirrors and, you know, it's it's so like thriller esque to start with, like the mirrors and the use of colour as well. Sorry, both very, very, very prominent in this film, um, which is great to kind of keep Thomas and Mackenzie about as well in those sequences where Sandy is, you know, is performing or is is in the sixties because it's not like okay, so it's it's Thomas and Mackenzie, and then we're gonna like forget Mackenzie's performance and focus on Anya Taylor Joy. Like she's always there, Thomas and Mackenzie, even if. Like we get to see a sequence where you know Sandy wants to be a singer. Matt Smith promises the world, obviously, to her, but then it's just not. It's not that at all. Obviously, it's almost like he starts off as this very lovely, charming man. Maybe lovely is not the right word. Just charming, we'll go for. He starts off as the charming guy, you know, this, that, and the other, defending, defending the lady's honor and such when she's, you know, insulted this, that, and the other. So it, obviously, Sandy straight away is falling for Matt Smith's character, Jack. And then it becomes obviously exploitation again, where you know she's performing, performing something that she doesn't want to be doing. They say it's all very erotic dancing for the for the sake of like the male gaze and such. And it's it just really does touch on those say those social commentaries that like it's it's something that over the you know course of generations it's still something that goes on. And that's why I think that Christy Wilson Cairns' writing is so like so fantastic in this film. And then, like the the spiritual aspect of it as well, there's so many layers to that. You know, where it just, like I say, it starts off as just pretty much like a psychological thrill of this film, and then it just goes straight on to full on horror towards the end. Like there's so many, like I say, ghosts at times. It reminded me a little bit of, like I said, the use with like zombies of Shaun of the Dead and such. Like how I said, the flickering of lights and stuff, and the ghosts like closing in. It's just it just goes absolutely berserk. Uh, very quickly as well, I want to just mention obviously because well it goes without saying that being a fashion fashion designer or an aspiring fashion designer in Eloise at the costume and and set and stuff is absolutely fantastic in this film. They really do kind of capture the sixes so so well. 
Um, you know, even like I say, obviously Eloise is a fashion, uh, an aspiring fashion designer. But when when we're in the sixties and you know Anya Taylor Joy takes over, and you know you Matt Smiths and everyone around that as well, you know it it just looks the part. Like it looks absolutely fantastic, and I think that it's been very very well crafted and put together. And as I mentioned before, you know the film does take you on such a journey because it's such a it's, it's it is a real head scratcher. Like you're watching the film and you, and. The thing with this is literally that you don't know where it's going at all. And that's the beauty of it. And and Edgar Wright does a really good job of not like, you know, well, of keeping his cards close to his chest, obviously, for for the majority of this film. And then, as I say, it just leaps into, you know, full on horror towards the end, uh, which are, what we'll do is now I say we'll probably go over like the spoiler we talk because I can go over as general as I possibly can about this film. But I really want to talk about the ending because I just didn't see it coming. Um, and if you've seen the film, I'd like to know if you didn't see it coming either, because it was just like, oh, OK, this is... Uh, this is mad. Um, but yeah, so the film itself, I, I was kind of torn with what to give it out of 10, which uh, not, not torn in the sense of too low. It was mainly torn between seven or eight. Um, and I'm just going to go straight down the middle of the two and say seven and a half out of 10. I think that it's definitely got, there's re, there's rewatchability in there with this film. And you probably pick up on a few things that maybe you missed off the first time around, you know, little hints to to the ending of the film and, and, and everything that, you know, kind of comes with that. Um but yeah, like I think that it's, it's definitely, it's not my favourite Edgar Wright film, but I think it's a definite fantastic, you know, release from Edgar Wright. And the fact that, you know, he's taken this, you know, decision to come down the the horror route and also, you know, in doing so, you know, you get to see those amazing like homages and, and you know, it really does pay respect to a lot of those classic slasher films of the 70s and 80s almost. Like there's some really, really excellent camera work and especially when, you know, you have one of my favourite sequences where a knife is involved and the camera keeps cutting back to Eloise, obviously Thomas and McKenzie's uh, character's eyes in the knife and it just really did remind me of like a 70s slasher film and there's a lot of that in this film you know those the kind of like great jump scares as well your traditional jump scares where you think it's not going to come then it does come out of nowhere but yeah really does pay respect to a lot of the horror films and i love that because obviously there's some real classics that i adore and you can see that obviously edgar wright adores them just as much really and, and being this classic and fantastic filmmaker that he is he just ticks all the boxes with that so yeah seven out of seven and a half sorry out of ten is what i'm going to give last night in soho that may change though over the next course i might do a revisit maybe at some point and it could be higher who knows but very very good film i just want to come to as i say the spoilery side of things for the majority of the film you are sat there trying to piece things together trying to work out why it is that eloise can you know, you know why she is going back to the 60s in these visions, which it doesn't really ever fully explain. It doesn't say, right, this is why. It, which, is, which I get, which I'm fine with. I don't, I don't really have a problem with that. I, I just, I like that concept. I like this idea of someone, you know, who is, you know, so connected with the 60s on like a, uh, well, a mental level that next thing you know, spiritually, she is in the 60s. I think it's a very, very good concept. Um, but yeah, so we, we, we come down the course of obviously that this that Sandy obviously wants to be an aspiring aspiring uh, singer, dancer, whichever, you know, she's been exploited by Matt Smith's character, Jack, um, who is essentially not just doing this with her, but with a whole range of women where it ends up leading down to prostitution uh, and this and so forth and that kind of thing of, you know, in today's society, it's, it's it, well, it is and it can be pretty terrible for women and then it was even worse back in the 60s and so on. It wasn't anything any better, basically. Um, and, and and this is the this kind of, say, the, the, the theme and commentary of generations of men exploiting or harassing women. It is presented throughout said like I mentioned before there's a sequence where Eloise is experiencing it in the taxi for example at the start and then Sandy having her life dominated and exploited by men it's just a couple of those examples and themes that are pushed throughout the film I think it's very important and very strong as well that they do this um, which is why obviously when it 
at least at the end of the film, because the the essential twist is that the the landlady in which the Eloise is renting the room off, who's who's played by the uh, the late and, and fantastic Diana Rigg, uh, Ms. Collins is a character. She is Sandy. She's the uh, she's the she's old she's the older Sandy, um, who has obviously gone through. Her life, obviously, at the moment, you know, she, she's just living on her own. She just, you know, the rules. These are the things that, that you pick on on maybe second watching. I, I, when the twist happened and, and and it's revealed that she is Sandy, obviously older, you then realise that all these rules and stuff that she's put in place when Eloise is, you know, staying there, like no males around, you know, at all, this and the other. It all makes sense and it all adds up and you're like, holy smokes, how did I... How did I miss that? How did I not pick up on that? Um, and you know that 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 fact of I think, like I said, when people with people seeing the ending, and then making Ms. Collins or even Sandy the actual villain of the piece, I don't know if it's I don't know not upset people, but I think that they kind of say it goes against the rest of the film. But I don't think it does. I think that to me just kind of says that the thing of you know this woman was pushed and pushed and pushed, and in the end she's cracked, and that's why it doesn't explain obviously if she was luring men to their deaths obviously when they were coming up to you know, unfortunately have their way kind of thing. You know, Matt Smith was the was the start of that. Like he like I say, he starts off as this charming man and then he goes to this horrendously nasty bugger. Um some of the things like I say that he's coming out with and, and you can't believe that this guy is who he is, especially like that first for me, the first inkling of this like nastiness is not even necessarily um him saying anything you know, derogatory or, or, or nasty towards Sandy, you know, in the 60s. It's, it's, it's more so the fact that he was willing to let another man have their way with Sandy and he's not really bothered. He's like, oh, yeah, of course she's free. It's just, it just just goes. Um, so, like, the, the, the pace of the film is brilliant. And so it's, it doesn't, like, feel like it's rushed or forced in any way, but he, as a character, is so mad that you, like, you, you kind of get the vibe that there's something not right with him anyways, but... He does go from, you know, from this like nice, charming, lovely kind of potential love interest for Sandy to becoming a pretty nasty bugger, as I mentioned already. Uh, and, you know, uh, with with the, the twist, say, with Diana Riggs' character being Sandy um, and it revealed all these ghosts and such that are kind of coming after Eloise and the fact that she can see that, you know, she can see Sandy. The reason why she can see Sandy, obviously, is because she's staying in a bed set. You know, she's staying in her house with the Sandy downstairs and that's why she's got that link to seeing what, what Sandy went through and, and what, what happened to her during the 60s. Um it's just to say, it's just a twist I didn't see coming. It leads you down so many different paths. There's also other people as well that you're thinking of the older versions of of like Matt Smith's character, Jack, and it turns out not to be. It turns out to be someone completely different. It's it's just really well, I say. And and Edgar Wright and, and Christy Wilson Cairns deserve such high praise for it, which is why I'm really surprised that people aren't really seeing this film or at least enjoying it when they are seeing it. And it annoys me as well that the cinemas that I usually go to is not showing this film nowhere near enough as is what it should be on screens you know it's like one screen in a day or something ridiculous but i really hope sorry then that more people do check out this film and even if it's something that maybe on sky cinema in a few years and maybe next year or something like that where people do sit down and give it a watch it's definitely worth it because yeah edgar right man edgar right what a guy what a filmmaker so yeah as i say seven and a half out of ten twists and turns of this film do not see him coming at all in the slightest all in all, I said the performances from Thomas and Mackenzie and Anya Taylor-Joy, absolutely fantastic and really, really deserve a lot of praise. And, and I cannot wait to see more of Thomas and Mackenzie in future films because that's a star in the making. And Anya Taylor-Joy is absolutely massive as it is already. So, you know, she's only got, you know, she's only going up. So really, really looking forward to seeing what those guys do uh, in future films. But again, I just really appreciate you guys listening to the podcast as always. And I'll be back before you know it, talking about more films. Yeah, in the, in the not too distant future. But until then... Do take care.